Welcome to Leadership Behind the Scenes with me, Nomi Natan, Executive Coach and Leadership Consultant. In this podcast, we champion human-friendly leadership because you're human first and leader second. We share tips and insights on how you can increase your impact and influence so you can be the leader you've always dreamt of being and feel proud when you look in the mirror. Hello and welcome to another episode of Leadership Behind the Scenes. Today we're talking about seven approaches for when you can't just talk about it. You know that boss, that colleague you have a problem with and you're really frustrated so you've gone to your friend or your spouse and you've told them about it and they say, well, just talk to them about it, just have a conversation and your heart sinks because you know you can't just have a conversation about it. This is why you need help in the first place. And if it was that simple, you would just have had the conversation, but you can't. So today I'm giving you seven approaches, seven things you can do when you can't just talk about it. Now take a deep breath and let's dive in. So there's someone you're working with and there's something that's really difficult and you you know you need to talk with them, but maybe you've already tried or maybe for all kinds of reasons, you know that you can't just have the conversation. You can't just say out loud to them, hey, this isn't working or you're doing it wrong or I'm not comfortable with the way you're doing it or this isn't good enough or I can't live with this or this gives me grief every day. You can't just come out and say it because you know that if you do, it's going to result in even bigger problems. Maybe they'll get upset. Maybe they'll taking it out on you. Maybe they just won't hear it. And here's the thing. Everyone you talk to about this problem say, well, just have a conversation about it. Just talk to the person. But you can't. This is something that came up a lot in the last few years in my coaching. I think when I started coaching, you know, 11, 12 years ago, I was slightly naive thinking, well, you know, just have a conversation, just start talking about it. And then there are so many different situations where it feels like you can't. And maybe it's true and maybe it isn't, but it doesn't really matter because while it feels true that I can't have that kind of conversation with this person. It won't go down well. It won't help. It will only make things worse, if anything. Well, then you can't have that conversation. And I don't want it to be stuck. So what can you do? Because I know it's draining. It's really draining. So here's seven, seven different approaches, things you can do and test out when you're stuck in that situation. And the thing is, if you shift... If you shift even just a little about how you see this person or this situation, then that conversation might become possible. Or actually what happens more often, that particular conversation isn't needed. You might have a different conversation or you might have no conversation at all. But as you do these seven approaches, you'll be able to relax about it and something better is able to unfold. So the very first approach is sometimes you have to go sideways. 
I've sometimes been called in for what people would call mediation or, you know, there's two people that have a problem with each other and can you fix it and can you make them talk together? And here's the thing, if you go straight in and start talking about what's difficult and what the problem is, each person will go under defense or under attack. And that's what all of us do. This is our natural human behavior. We go defensive or we go on the attack. And so it's not helpful. It's not going to get us anywhere. And actually what helps is often what I call going sideways is just strengthen the relationship a little first is look at how can these two people appreciate each other what is great about this relationship and if nothing is great yet how could we invest how could we invest a little bit in this relationship so that we could appreciate each other because the more we appreciate each other the easier it is to have difficult conversation the easier it is to say something. If I feel like someone is really appreciating me, well, it's easier to hear something difficult from them than if I think someone is really judging me. I don't really want to hear very much from them. I'm not going to take it well if I think someone's judging me harshly and they want to tell me something that's wrong with the way I'm doing things. So first things up, go sideways. Invest in the relationship or look at what can you already appreciate about this relationship? What's, what do we agree on? Where can we connect? What kind of values or approaches or belief do we have in common? And start with strengthening either the human aspect or at least the things that we can agree on. The second thing is to start taking a good, hard look at what you might be holding on to. Why does this matter to me so much? Why does this get my stomach into knots? What am I afraid of? And you can ask this in many different ways, but let me give you an example of a situation I had two years ago where I was working with someone, let's call her Mrs. S. And I was finding that relationship incredibly difficult. And I tried to have some conversations about, you know, where I felt like we clashed and what my opinion was. And it didn't go down well. We didn't have any productive conversations about it. But what I then realized when I sat and thought, what does this remind me of? Why does this matter to me? What am I afraid of? And I thought, well, I'm afraid of being set up. I thought, when did I feel like that? And then I realized this reminds me of that when I was 20 and I was doing some work experience and uh, I was helping on a project and as I was pretty good at helping on this project and everyone was incredibly busy, I sort of ended up just leading this project for a little while and everything was going well until suddenly I uh, was asked to go on a call and there was me with this client on the other end who was, well, there's no pretty way to say it. It was a shitstorm. I was told off for um, huge mistakes around this project and I sat there open mouth, not able to say anything, thinking... I had no clue about this. These are all things that happened before me. And I'm just a work experience person. How was I supposed to know? And then when I thought about Mrs. S, I thought there's something here that makes me feel in the same way, although I am in no ways a work experience person. And my power and my knowledge about this project is completely different. And as I sat with that, it helped. Because this is what we all need to do. We need to separate out past experiences and really strong feelings we have from the current situation. 
And how do you know that there's something to dig into? Well, it's when you have a really strong reaction to someone just saying something simple or asking something to us. When we know that we are more emotional than needs be, when you know you're getting frustrated with yourself because you're more anxious, angry, or frustrated about this thing than is reasonable, then very likely there's a previous experience, a previous memory that is being triggered. And I want you to own that and I want you to separate that and remind yourself of, it's just about Mrs. S now and that other situation is in the past. The third thing is to pay attention to what might this be about for the other person? And yes, you will have to guess a little, but you probably will be able to have a good guess because if they have a reaction that's really strong or you know if you bring up this topic about how this project is working or how the two of you work together or how they approach certain things, they're going to have a really strong reaction. Well, then you know that there's something at stake for them. So what is it, do you think, that they're really loyal to? What is it that really matters to them about this? What is this? Of course, you won't know if they have a previous memory, but you might know that this is about fairness for them or this seems to be about a certain type of belief that they're holding about how things should be done. And the more you can understand what it's really about for them, the more you can ask helpful questions and the more you can acknowledge to them because we cannot, you know, we cannot disregard what it's about for people. But if you can understand more about The thing that's sitting underneath the challenge, there's always something underneath the presenting challenge. Then you can have a chance of a more productive approach with them. The fourth option is a sentence that if you ask to any number of my uh, clients, they will, they will tell you, oh yes, this sentence I have repeated a hundred thousand times inside my mind. This is when you're working with someone, you might even like them. I, I had a client a while back. He liked, he liked this person as a person. There was no problem. But when they were in the leadership team together, he went, ah, oh, you know, this guy, let's call him Edward. Edward, I mean, he just doesn't do what he says he will do. He is not living up to the standards. And every single leadership meeting we have, I have to go back <laughs> and, and go, hang on, didn't we agree this already? Why haven't you done it? And um, my client wasn't the boss, so he couldn't sort of, you know, do any performance reviews, but just had to live with the fact that one of his leadership team colleagues that he liked, he liked this person, but Edward didn't deliver in the same way that he thought he should. And he found it incredibly difficult and he got so irate and frustrated in these leadership meetings. And in the end, he came up together with me with the sentence that I use a lot, which is, Edward, Edward is a gift to my development. Now, it might be a silly sentence to say, but it really helps you pay attention because as you make it all about Edward and you get frustrated about Edward or your Edward, whoever your Edward is, you can't really do much about it. It's a gift to my development, right? My development, that's where the key is. Because what can I learn from this? And for my client, it was to deal with the fact that other people didn't do it his way. Other people didn't spend all hours delivering and, you know, 
going above and beyond to make sure that they were ready for the leadership team meetings. So he had to live with that and he had to calm down about that because he's not their boss and he had to find ways of working with other people that have other standards. In an ideal world, everyone has the same standards as you and everyone delivers magnificently and to the best of their abilities. But what happened in these meetings wasn't, it wasn't about... um, my client not holding Edward accountable. But it was about the fact that because he was so frustrated, he couldn't do it in a calm way. It it came out <laughs> in a way that was frustrated and irritated and wasn't helpful and it got kind of childish. Uh, and And it backfired on my client because it seemed like my client wasn't professional because my client was so frustrated. So the first thing is you need to just take a step back because as you're so angry or annoyed with someone, you're not going to say what you want to say in a way that it can be heard and appreciated and people aren't going to respect it. So look at what is it you need to learn in this situation. How can you grow from working with this person that isn't delivering maybe in the same way you believe they should be doing? The fifth one, and this is similar, is asking yourself if there was something perfect about this situation. If there was something perfect about this situation where I can't have a conversation, what would it be? You know, what would the perfect thing be about the fact that I cannot have this conversation or that it's going to be really difficult or I'm going to have to wait with having this conversation? I want you to ask yourself that question. And it might be that the really perfect thing is it's going to make you relax a little bit about work because you're going to have to. You're going to have to switch off from it. So it might make you actually put some more effort into your personal life. Maybe you've been working too hard and maybe by realizing you actually can't have this conversation right now, you just got to give it some time. Well, then maybe you are going to leave on time and you are going to go and spend some more time with your children and you are going to go to the gym and you are going to do some of those things that matter to you, which you've been sacrificing because you've been working so damn hard to crack things at work. Sometimes when we relax about things, that's, that's when solutions really come, you know. It's like when you're trying so hard to remember the, the name of that song and you can't remember it and you're sitting there with your friend and going, hang on one second, I'll remember the title of this book or that song. And then they leave. And then, of course, as soon as they leave, uh, you can remember it. Or as soon as you go into the shower, you can remember it. So it's often when we relax, things are possible. So it's a little bit like going sideways is stop coming at that situation and trying to go, I need to have this conversation. Because as you do that, and as you think, oh, this conversation is going to be really difficult, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be painful and it's not going to be good. And you're making it big in your mind. And as you make it big in your mind, that bit That's going to show up in your energy. It's not about the words you say. We know when people don't like us. We know when they have something uncomfortable to say. It's not the words they say, it's how they say it. So much of communication is nonverbal and it's our energy. It's how we show up in our nonverbal communication. That's going to show. So ask yourself, what's really perfect about this? It might be that you'll get really creative about something else. It might be that it gives you that opportunity to build bridges in other parts of the organization because you can't go directly to the problem. 
maybe you'll get creative and strengthen other stakeholder relationships. Number six is we tend to think that it's either or. Either they get their way or I get my way. We very often put problems or difficult conversation into a battleground, like I need to convince them to see it my way or oh, I'm going to have to give up on what I believe in to go their way. And it's so unhelpful when we do that because that either or means there's a winner and a loser. And if you have to work with this person consistently, it's not great if there's a loser, whether it's you or the other person. It doesn't strengthen relationships and it doesn't make it more fun to work with this person altogether. So instead of thinking this is either or, ask yourself, what if we could both feel great about this situation or this conversation or this outcome? What if there's a way we could both be happy or maybe neither of us are right. Maybe neither of us are right. It's not about who's right, but maybe there's something else that's possible. That's not about my way or their way or how they see it or how I see it. But maybe there's something else that's possible that we could both be happy about. And that leads me to number seven. How would you like it to be? Imagine that this problem, this conversation is no longer needed. How do you know? Just imagine for a moment. You no longer need to have this conversation because this problem has just disappeared. It's not a problem any longer. How do you know that it's no longer a problem? What's different in the relationship, in their interactions, in the project? And if that's the case, what might have happened? How did you guys suddenly manage to work so well together now? I want you to imagine that for a moment because as we spend so much energy on thinking on everything that isn't working and everywhere where we clash, then we often miss out on all the things that are working and all the things that could work. And very often there's something else that's possible. But while we're staring, when we're staring in the face of the problem, the energy that created that problem, that's not where the the solution can be found. The solution is often somewhere completely different and we need to come at it sideways. We need to come at it from a different vision of what's possible. And so you have to shift your energy. You have to shift your belief about what's possible. So these seven things are about owning what's yours, getting curious about what's underneath it for the other person, and then finding ways to get unstuck so that you can see something else that's possible. Sometimes the truth is you're not going to have a great relationship with this person ever. And the truth is probably also you're not going to be working with them forever or on this project forever. And you have a choice. You can leave, and sometimes they choose to leave. But for now, while you're in it, test out these seven ones. I'd love to hear which one, which one felt most relevant to your situation. Take a piece of paper right now and write down your thoughts, because right now, right here is a chance to capture some thoughts about this relationship. And I want you to see if you can crack it as you've been listening and just get a new thought. What advice do you have for yourself right now when you think about this problem, this relationship? Thank you for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends and colleagues. And it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review in iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening, as it will help other people find the podcast. If you don't want to miss another episode, do subscribe here and head over to nominatan.com and sign up for my email list too. Now take a breath. Because no matter how busy we are, there's always time to breathe. Have a great day.